0: This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast with Greg Smith and Jay Foreman. Exclusively on the Hurtout Media Network. Oh, yeah. Tell it to me straight up. Hello and welcome into the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. Proudly part of the Hill Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith. This is the first time in a while that the Mondays have gotten the better of me, friend.
1: <laughs> uh, this is Jay Foreman. Uh, it's not the Mondays, but the Sundays definitely got the best of me, so... Uh... You know, they got me yesterday and it's getting you today. I hope I, I didn't pass any bad mojo on to you.
0: No, I'm just hoping that Sasha isn't next and we keep this bad juju away from her. Um, because this is, I don't know, I really want to blame uh, what the daylight like saving time or us springing ahead, all of that. But I woke up fine. Um, and it's just been downhill ever since then. You had those days sometimes where you're just fighting it all day. Um, and today is definitely one of those days for me.
1: Well, the uh, spring forward or whatever got me. You know, I was uh, you know, behind all day, and it never recovered. I'd like to, you know, think to have a little bit of a bounce back to me, but uh, definitely was taking some body blows yesterday. So, uh, started yesterday on the wrong foot, late, and then became even later, and then just cashed it on in. I just took it on the chin. And said, you know what, today wasn't my day. So. <laughs>
0: sometimes yeah. you gotta do that you know how like yeah. sometimes when you be playing golf and you just have a, a bad round, and you're like man i can dwell on this or we just gotta flesh it and just come back the next time and just forget all about it sometimes it's like that with, with every day
1: it's like the classic uh line that coaches say you know what we're just gonna burn this tape and right. I, you know and just start over so that's exactly uh what happened actually it happened to your boy uh or they were thinking about that after the uh my Georgetown Hoyas, you know, gave uh, Creighton a little bit of Hoya paranoia. I'm sure <laughs> McDormand wanted to, uh, you know, you wanted to burn that tape because uh, Creighton got, you know, you know, they got ran out the gym. So it's one of those things that uh, just wasn't your day, or wasn't my day yesterday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, we're going to launch in here now. Each week, we have a couple of segments that are kind of mainstays of the show. Um, The first one, each and every week, is one of our favorites called Coach Speak, um, where we go over something that a coach, player, or talking head said, and then we give you the straight-up breakdown of what they said. Boy, this week comes courtesy of uh, Nebraska Athletic Director Bill Moose. Coach Speak to real talk. Boy, it feels like the internet, or Husker internet at least, the corner of Husker internet and college football internet, I was kind of set ablaze after the Brett McMurphy tweet or report that Nebraska was trying to get out of uh, playing Oklahoma on September 18th. Um, And then after six hours, uh, Bill Moose released this statement saying, quote, the University of Nebraska is looking forward to playing Oklahoma and Norman on September 18th. Due to the economic devastation caused by the COVID-19 pandemic to Husker Athletics and the local community, our administration did explore the possibility of adding an eighth home game this fall that option would have helped us mitigate cost-cutting measures and provide a much-needed boost to our local economy. Ultimately, the decision was made to move forward with our game at Oklahoma in 2021. We have the utmost respect for the University of Oklahoma and this storied rivalry, and I know that our fans have been excited for this series for a long time. Go Big Red. So, Jay, you got to tell me, what does he really mean?
1: I mean, I think that's about as true from his perspective. That's probably what they were doing. They were probably looking at possibilities and, you know, looked at other options for a game to get, you know, another home game. Um, You know, it's just the optics were bad, you know, and I think that, you know, the, uh, you know, the way COVID affected everybody, you know, I think you probably won't get a lot of uh, leeway that way, but I think ultimately, you know, their, their thinking was in with the right frame of right frame of mind, uh, probably just would have just didn't work out right. Um, because it's the 50th anniversary of the you know one of the was a game of the century or whatever it's called. Yep. And you know I think the bigger problem is is this. And you know Breg McMurphy has made his uh, hey, kind of like I call him bottom bottom feeding uh, reporting. You know he was you know really loved the Ohio State thing, and he's been you know he's the one that you know if you're looking for some smut you know information, and he's the guy, right? ultimately you know i think even back when nebraska was looking to play games when the big ten was shut down you know you got to find who the leak is right there's got to be somebody that's in those meetings that's kind of you know leaking out whether it's oklahoma or whatever uh, i think it's one of those things that you have to you have to deal with that now it's totally different than what you're asking me but i think it's a a bigger problem because of uh, you know the type of damage it can do, especially with the optics of it. And now,
0: what I, but where I think though that you actually are kind of, you actually get going somewhere that I actually was going to go though is, which is. I do think no matter what you believe about the situation, and we're kind of in this, like, kind of he said, he said situation, where I think that you're always going to have a, a segment of people that believe that Nebraska was trying to duck Oklahoma.
1: Yeah. You're
0: always going to have a segment of people that believe exactly what Bill Moose said. And then there's some people that are going to be in between, right? So I think that right. we're, it, it's all muddied up. But I, where you were going and where I definitely agree is that it, the way that it came out, I think, influenced a lot of the reaction. I think that that sure. is part of it. I think that if it, if Nebraska had been the one to release the information and had said, hey, we, we tried to explore it, essentially exactly what they said in the release on, on Friday afternoon, it looks at maybe there would still be people that were really questioning, and yeah, there would have been people that were still questioning it, but it doesn't provide that same level of kind of, anger and kind of mocking that you saw on the front end um, okay. if the, i think if nebraska gets out ahead of it and if they're the ones to put it out like it was just to me the whole the whole thing was just weird um and when you talk about kind of coming from like you know we got you got to kind of find the leaks like who was leaking this out like obviously it wasn't nebraska right like obviously it's not their side they don't stay in the game from that Now, it could have been Oklahoma because they were trying to keep this game. But remember, there were schools that had to have been contacted to be able to fill that game. So it could have been them, too, right? Right. Because they were trying to put pressure the other way because they wanted to then maybe get that game. No matter who, if it was a Mac school, Old Dominion, whoever it was going to be, um, they had reason to do that, too. I just think the whole like this was uh, another lesson for Nebraska um, in PR, like in just the value of. Of, of proper messaging and getting things out there before you even get to kind of the ramifications of, of you know, the whole ducking accusation and all of that.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's definitely something that's plagued Nebraska, um, you know, for quite some time, you know what I mean? And, uh, it, and it, this is, even before, you know, Scott and Bill Moose were even, you know, a big thought, I think it's, you know, it's something that's really, you know, even if you think of, even back with the Bo Pelini tape and stuff like that, I think there's just some, right. and, and this is the thing. And this is, look, you know, I'm not making excuses for anybody and I definitely don't make excuses for Nebraska's record. But when you hear people say, and you can talk about Coast speak that you're, you know, there's some things that you're fighting uh, that are outside of, of what goes on on Saturdays. These are the type of things you get what I'm saying. And, and, you, and uh, you don't hear about leaks that much say like I always reference Alabama because they are the best. Well, they're the best team the best run kind of football program, I think, out there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really see a lot of that. You don't really hear. And maybe just because we aren't down there, um, maybe you don't hear. But I just don't think you, you deal with a lot of that type of stuff. So I think that, you know, um, you know, it's part of, you know, being – look, what people don't really understand, like, like, there's two different types of things. You got to look at it, like, from a financial, but then also you look at it from a playability standpoint and stuff like that. So I think it's just one of those things that – However you want to read an article, there's a, you know, or read something or you hear something. It's just however you're going to take it. So if you are in favor of Bill Moose and Scott Frost, you're going to like, okay, I understand what you're saying. If you're not, and you're looking for a reason to, you know, hate them or whatever, then you're also, then uh, in the big landscape, which is national, if you have a problem with Nebraska ever since they actually wanted to play college football before everybody else, I guess decided they wanted to play football in the big 10, then you're going to be like, Oh, well, look in Nebraska again. Right. Um, and so it's just one of those things that's, uh, you know, it, it's, a, they always say that you better to be the first to tell your story versus the last, because right. You don't want the first person, else
0: to be in the control of the story. Right.
1: Yeah. It's the first impression is last impression. So it's a, it's a learned lesson. And it's a, you know, something that kind of got, at least you got put to bed. At least you know that the game was the game is going to go on and they want to play. So ultimately, um, you know in a week or so you won't hear from him but I guess that that lit the uh I didn't even know about it to be honest with you um until very late because i didn't really – you know it didn't it didn't cross my mind so I think that it's just one of those things that uh you know obviously sent people into a frenzy for about like like you said six or seven hours and then they uh you know calmed down and didn't have anything else to talk about for the rest of the weekend
0: yeah and it was it's crazy too because there there are a couple points in this though like you, we were saying that are are kind of logical. Like, I can go with it. Like, I can – and I don't even mean kind of. Like, the whole, like, like they Nebraska lost money um, because of the pandemic over the last year is 100% true. Like, that's not in dispute. Um, So, yes, it would make sense that they would want an additional home game. I just don't – I just think the optics of wanting that additional home game at the expense of renewing this rivalry is a bad look. Um, but you can kind of understand that from business perspective. Um, but then, and then there's also, because I'm always thinking of the recruiting angle. You also have to understand that Nebraska only has what one home game before October. Uh, right. that's the Buffalo game. And let's just say, let's say that game gets moved to 11 AM. Um, you might have a tough time getting visitors in because I, I'm just going to assume that visits are able to be happening by then. Um, so there's, there's that too, knowing that a lot of guys sign in December and you need to get kids back on campus because they haven't been here in a year. Like I can understand that. Um, but it just becomes, it is, again, it's, it's just a bad optic situation for Nebraska. Um, and it, it just goes a little bit in the face of what they're trying to build. But at the same time, with, again, with the way that it came out, it almost makes it to where it, it, it feels like, given some of the talk that's been around Nebraska, whether it's this, Um, The different complaints about the schedule last year, no matter if that came from fans, from Moose, whoever, um, that stuff about opening with Ohio State, a lot of that stuff feels like the players then end up getting lumped into that as if they're the ones kind of driving this and they are not like and that's unfortunate too, um, because they get kind of caught up in this as well in the end and I think that that's really to me the one of the most unfortunate things in the whole situation is that they get caught up in this where they had nothing to do with any of this.
1: Yeah. And that's just the way that, uh, you know, college sports is, uh, you know, it, it, because like I say, college, college football is professional f- football, in my opinion, what we call professional football is entertainment. So you get caught up into a lot of things that you're out of your control and it's unfortunate because kids got to deal with things and probably maybe answer questions that they don't even have the answers to and and will never have the answers to. Um, And then they get lumped into it from, you know, I guess, you know, where, what they perceive you as a player, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of times these decisions are even made and people don't even know the reasons, reasons why. And, and and a lot of times you, you shouldn't know. And, but, you know, in this day and age, everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a, you know, everybody's an expert um, even when they're I guess proven wrong or whatever and then next thing you know uh, they have nothing to say so it's just you know one of those things unfortunate the timing isn't good and so I think it you know at the end of the day um, you know when you don't don't have I call it win equity when you have enough wins that you can make these type of mistakes it becomes very hard when you when you make them and it might have been an honest mistake so it's just one of those things that they got to learn from and move on for and then they got to see uh, you know, what they can do, you know, moving forward as far as, like you said, getting another home game or trying to, you know, shake the schedule up a little bit um, because, you know, a lot's on the line. You know, recruiting is so big now that in a lot of ways it's more important than or as important as wins and losses. People get so hyped up on recruiting and they forget, you know, you actually got to play a game. So, um, you know, you got to, you know, check every every box and, and, and dot every I and cross every T.
0: Yeah, and it, it's, it's crazy – um, because it's just tough. It, it's, it's a really tough situation. Um, and like I said, it could have been like, even if it, if it wasn't out of mistake. stake, I think that that win equity, like you said, does not it does not fall in Nebraska's current regime's favor. Um, and, and it's just because it would be different. Like I'm, I'm just going to think of like, let's say like, if Nebraska had been basically Ohio state for the last three years, um, I do think that this goes differently. I do. And at the end, honestly, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure about that, because if you think about the reaction to Nebraska wanting to play football this past fall versus what, when Ohio State and Ryan Day came out, like the reaction was just different. That happens when you win. Um, and when you're the big dog on the block, and I feel like we are always saying some version of, if you just win, it takes care of everything. Everything is just so much easier. And it seems like in a lot of ways, it's oversimplifying things, but that really is the bottom line. It's bottom line business and everybody kind of understands that, but it really does to me come down to the lens that we view this all, all of these different things, pick one of these kind of different gaps or blunders or however you want to characterize it over the last couple of years. And they're all looked at differently um, if, if the winds are piled up it, in Nebraska's favor,
1: yeah, and it, it look you get like I said, the wind equity is something that if you get it, it's great, and then you can kind of you can actually look, start to freelance and do some stuff, and then you'd be like, oh, they're so innovative or whatever. Right now, you're, you're innovative instead yeah. of
0: you know you being a you know A nuisance. And, you know everything you're, that we do now, yeah, we're you're a not a nuisance anymore. Yeah. You're innovative.
1: Yeah, so it's uh, so we'll see what happens. You know, moving forward, like I say, the, the focus needs to be just on you know, trying to get some wins and more wins and losses and then, and then go from there and all this stuff kind of falls by the wayside. I think when you don't have it, you know, people always try to, you know, focus on this stuff to kind of take away from what you're trying to do in a positive way. And you know, the, you know, people are really impulsive that, you know, with their thoughts. And so this is the day and time. I mean, you can't do anything right? But I guess they call it the cancel, you know, society or whatever. And, you know, everybody's looking to cancel everybody. So, you know, you just got to make sure that you're kind of, you know, doing your thing and and with the utmost of the betterment of the the whole picture and not be short-sighted. So we'll see, you know, what happens. I don't think any, you know, like I said, it's not even, you know, online anymore. So um, I think it's one of the things that's, uh it's a learning experience and hopefully, uh, you know, we get more wins. So then we'll actually be, we're, we're going to be the smart, smart university versus like the, the nuisance and the dummies.
0: Right, right. And, okay, we're going to shift gears a little bit from that, because we're going to wrap it here. With the, Every week we end the show um, with our segment, our favorite segment called Put Them on Blast, uh, where we basically put somebody on blast for something that they did or said. Put them on blast. Uh, today I am going with Darren Revel. Now, I, I tried to pull up what Darren Ravel's actual title is. He's basically like a bit sports business insider. I, the reason I couldn't pull it off because I forget that I actually have him blocked on Twitter, because I don't even want to see what he's talking about. But I had somebody send me um, a a tweet that a guy sends out a tweet that basically said that he uh, his dad um, passed away and that he didn't know what to do with his baseball cards. Okay, and then he put a attached a picture to it. And Ravel actually replied to that guy, somehow found his tweet of all the tweets out there, replied to that guy and said pretty much all junk. I'm actually like, so as if that's not bad enough, this dude doubled down. Ravel then replies after people are rightfully blasting Darren Ravel again for the latest stupid thing that he said. He then doubles down and replies and says, Seriously, this is your take to be mad at me? I'm just trying to save him from wasting his time and money. I'm trying to figure, why is it the only time that we ever talk about Darren Ravel? When was the last time you heard somebody say, man, you know what, that, that Darren Ravel came up with something great the other day. Like, he's been doing something really cool, or he said something really positive. Like, I feel like his role is to find some sort of weird trolley sports business angle to everything. Yeah, like he used to be a time where like he was really respected, like it took a it took a real turn. And maybe this is kind of like the Skip Bayless vacation of kind of sports media in what happened where you just need to say like really crazy stuff. And obviously it worked for Skip. Skip just paid NFL running back money. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Three years, 24 million um, <laughs> extension. Uh, he get, I think it's, he's getting paid uh, more than Saquon Barkley per year, Skip Bayless is, which is crazy. Um, but like maybe that's what it is. It's a trickle down effect of that. But Daravelle definitely has to go on blast uh, for basically blasting this guy who's just trying to talk about his dad's baseball card collection.
1: Yeah, everything can not be built on, you know, trying to, you know, I think that, you know, it's a big business now with, with the trading cards and the Jordan, oh yeah, you know, rookie right. cards and stuff like that. Uh, you know, you know, they call it empathy. You know, I'm not the most empathetic person, but he's, you know, obviously way worse than me. And I think he he's the guy that always tries to have that angle to get the notoriety because we're talking about him right now. That's what he likes. And that's so it's, it's just, you know, their, their niche, who they are, but there's sometimes that, you, you know, there's got to be a line that you don't want to cross because I always look at it. You don't want to cross that line because someday somehow it could be you, right?
0: In right. a different
1: form, but it could be something that somebody passed away that's close to you. So, He's just one of those guys doesn't understand it, and and he's uh you know he lives in the moment and he loves it, and uh, he, even he's one and he also lets you know the arrogance uh, you know of him when you make yourself look like an idiot you can't apologize but you then you double down right yeah, like remember we always it down, it we talked you. about a couple weeks ago where I don't know who it was it said oh I'm just trying to have a conversation no you just want to make it okay for you, you to be an a hole and that's the way he is and uh, and that's the way he you know obviously reacted so. I think he enjoys it, loves it, and he thinks he's you know special of it. But ultimately, in the long term, uh, being known for being a a, a, a conscious a hole is probably not going to work out the best for you uh, in long term.
0: Yeah, I just want to know how he found the tweet. Like, how did he even get like this? Really is I'm looking at it like it really is just a guy. Out yeah, somebody of the probably. Somebody mean is that famous guy?
1: Yeah, but it's, sometimes that stuff goes viral, and then you know he's probably maybe he has a, you know, notifications of trading cards. Cause I've seen a a few of his things and what he does and, and, you know, tweets about, so maybe that's it. And, or maybe he got sent to it, got a sent to him like you did. And then, you know, one thing leads to another and he gets on there and takes time out of his day to kind of ruin somebody else's day. So it's a, it's a very unique unique, uh, perspective that he has on life and, and how to use, you know, social media. So,
0: Yeah, but he's going to be that guy though. You're right though. You got to be careful with that because that stuff comes back to you and he will then complain that people are coming. Well, he did in this situation, right? Complain that people were coming after him. Um, and you quick to to do that and play the victim card. Um, but didn't take one second to think that, Hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't tell this guy that just lost his dad, that he's wasting his money, his money and time.
1: Yeah. Uh, look, you know, he is who he is and he's going to do what he's got to do. And, uh, Ultimately, you'd like to think that uh, with a lot of people out there, just not to give them any notoriety, but, you know, we have it that we're going to put people on blast. And so who I'm going to put on blast is the New Orleans Saints organization. Oh. Uh, one, obviously with the, you know, the, the great Drew Brees, you know, the, as the player retiring another fan of Drew Brees as a person, but he retires. Um, I'm putting them on blast for whatever reason, whatever pitchers Taysom Hill has on whether it's the coaches <laughs> The GMs, somebody, somebody to continue to pay this man like he's actually a quarterback, all the while that you brought a guy in, established quarterback, whether you like him or not. Jameis Winston, who threw for over 5,000 yards a couple years ago, and he went, you know, 40 touchdowns or 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, whatever. He's a, he, he, whatever, however you want to like shake it up. He's, he's a, you know, whether he's 20 or 22, he's better than Taysom Hill as far as you ranking the quarterbacks right now, right? Um, you continue to give this guy, even though it's funny money contracts and it can be voidable, voidable after a year, you gave him a huge amount of money last year to play probably 10 or 15 plays a, a game, you know, um, unless you're beating him pretty bad. And now granted, he got to step in and play some when, when Drew Brees got hurt. But ultimately, he's just, a, a, you know, like a slash on steroids or modern day slash of Cordell Stewart back when he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But then all the while, You've been saying that we want Jameis Winston back. We like Jameis Winston. He's, He's a part of our future plans. We're in contract negotiations with him. And then as you're sitting at the table with the guy that actually could probably win you some football games and kind of continue along as being, you know, a legitimate NFC South contender, you pay the guy that's actually going to only, you know, be able to do small amount of things in the passing game, which Sean Payton is always going to do is have the passing game. And you continue to give this guy some money and, he's already three or four years older than he should be at this point in his career. It's the craziest thing ever. And it's, and I'm putting him on blast because regardless of bounty gate, you know, take that aside, as far as building a team, building a culture around what has happened with Katrina in the, in new Orleans, you can't find dealing with the situation that they had to deal with there since Sean Payton's been there. Right. Uh, The lack of facilities, the lack of money into the, the, you know, the, Obviously, the NFL team then deal with Katrina, deal with obviously the whole city, you know, taking it on the chin, and then build a Super Bowl team out of and a Super Bowl contender year in and year out. They're always competitive. To turn around and do something stupid like this, and you can't sell anybody with two eyes and a heartbeat and any knowledge of football that Taysom Hill is that guy. Certainly not worth that contract, whether it's funny money or not uh, that he's getting versus even Jameis Winston or any other quarterback that can actually play the position of quarterback.
0: Yeah, it's actually it's really even though and you write off topic, it's it's funny money, right? But because they can void every year. But at the same time, like if I'm Taysom Hill, I'm like, OK, I got to bust my butt to see if I can come earn this money. And they're going to have to give me a shot at least. So like if you're another quarterback coming in or if you're Jameis Winston hoping to resign or whatever, like it's, it's just going to create a weird situation. Like I'm just not sure. And this is one of those two. And we talk about kind of some of the decisions that the Texans have made and other teams um, when it comes to front offices and stuff like that and what it can do. Um, for a locker room. And I'm curious because, like, now we're in a transition period after Drew Brees, one of your all-time greats, not the all-time great in your franchise history, retires. And now you got a, your chance to usher in a new era, and this is how you started off. Like, I'm looking at this thing like a sinking ship if I'm one of the other star players on the team.
1: Yeah, you're looking at it like, I mean, and they see these guys, you know, or see him every day. In and granted, I'm not saying that he doesn't have a place in the NFL or he's not you know legitimate player because you know he's he's uh you know he's playing special teams he's doing all the stuff and he's you know up the extra stuff and and you appreciate that all i'm saying is is this the type of move that you want to make is this the type of uh you know the, the i guess statue or that you want to set for guys that play you know 15% or what say like a Cam Jordan if i am him i'm going back and asking you know i'm or if i'm then you got you know their defensive end that was second in the league in sacks, and he's not franchised. He's on the be. He's able to go, and he's you know they have the tampering period today. So he's our you know I've seen the Jets, the Jets, and the Giants are interested in him. Of course, the Saints are interested. But you're you're just taking care of Taysom Hill as if this is a guy that that's guaranteed to win you nine or ten games. The team right, is where set up. Were other
0: out, teams beating down the door to do that?
1: Exactly, and it's the funniest thing about it because nobody else is gonna really take the time and use them. Whereas, you know, Sean Payton, those guys are trying to take the time and make him into something that he's not. And so it's, it's really interesting to see how uh, they went about their business, considering that you got one of the better defensive ends and sack guys in the league and a guy that's kind of worked his way up through your program and Trey Henderson sitting out there without a contract. But even then you turn around and give a guy a huge contract, even if it's funny money, it's still not a good look. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I had to put him on blast about it, considering all the stuff that they've done before.
0: Yeah, that, that is that's absolutely a well-deserved blast right there. But that's going to do it for us today. Uh, subscribe to the podcast everywhere you can listen to them. Uh, rate us and leave us a five-star review. If you only leave four, I am inclined to think you're a hater. Uh, make sure you are checking out the other podcasts on the Hale Varsity Network, the Mind Your Own podcast, the Varsity Club, more to it, and the Hale Varsity Radio Show. Also, make sure you're checking out the Hale Varsity YouTube page. Uh, we have an email at breakdown at hailvarsity.com. And you can find us on Twitter at GregSmithHB and at Foreman5644. We will catch you next time. I'm Media Production.